Yo, it's your man Chris Mallon, and you're listening to Heart of the Game. I'm here today with a man who ran his first ever marathon in the two hour and 30 minute range, with the second half of it barefoot through the streets of Philly. He's also used his long distance running skills to teach kids how to run and play sports in an effort to improve their self-esteem through his company Heights and Beyond. Aaron Anderson, thank you for joining the show today. Hey, thank you for having me. So the first thing I got to ask that has always been really interesting to me, because I've known a few runners here and there. I've never done a marathon personally, but um, you've done nine, which is amazing. What's your go-to meal before a race? Um, it's really interesting. I don't even know how I started this go-to meal, but actually <laughs> a marathon, I stayed at your house was peanut butter. And you remember this. Yeah. It was my oatmeal. <laughs> we were going all over town trying to find this oatmeal and peanut butter and a bagel. Remember that? I remember we that. Bagel. We were like hitting 7-Eleven up. We were hitting everything up trying to find this. But yeah, so it is oatmeal, peanut butter on a bagel, and I drink water with it. That was my go-to meal before race. Oatmeal? Peanut butter and a bagel and water. All right. All right. Nice. And Gatorade here and there, you know. Okay. So, I, you know, I remember you running that Philadelphia Marathon twice. I was working for the Philadelphia 76ers at the time. The first one probably stands out to me the most because you had never been to where I lived. And at the time, I also volunteered my time as an advisor for a fraternity at Drexel University. <laughs> so you had no idea that about 2 a.m., the club downstairs basically opened and <laughs> you're sleeping on top of a club before you have to get up and run the marathon in the morning. Yeah. The, the funny thing about how you mentioned that to me was like, Oh yeah. You know, I hope you don't mind the couch. You can have my bed. I'm like, no, no, it's cool. I don't mind the couch. We're about to go to sleep. And you're like, Oh, by the way, there's a live DJ downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's crazy, man. I've never had a problem. Uh, well, I, I should say I always had a problem with sleep with something like that until I moved there. And then you just get to a point where you're so tired, you just go to sleep. Did right, you sleep yeah. at all before that marathon? Uh, a little bit. After the thumping, like, the thumping from the, the base was like, doom, doom, doom. And I was like, do not go down there, Aaron. You have a race tomorrow morning. Do not go down and party with those kids. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, was, like, it was more so the, the temptation not to go party with the kids than it was about getting the rest before the marathon. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's I finally awesome. closed my eyes and went to sleep. And I, I seem to remember, okay, so in the morning, I get up early and walk outside of the street corner. And there's some of the fraternity guys that are in the living room that are are still a little tipsy from the night before. <laughs> right. So So they're like, oh, what are you doing, Chris? And they come outside with me and they wanted to cheer on the runners too. So we got there early enough and the police officers are laughing at us. They think we're hilarious there early in the morning. And we see the lead runners start to come. There's not a whole lot of them. And there's a, there's a short distance. And then you're coming pretty quickly after that. And you're not, you know, an Olympic runner, uh, but you're right up there close to the, the leaders of the pack. And I remember like, damn, Aaron's pretty fast. 
And then, you know, I'm thinking, all right, well, this is a marathon. Where's everybody else at? I'm used to seeing all these people and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then here comes the rest of the crowd. You were that fast. And that was pretty impressive. And, And you took your shoes off at one point too, didn't you? Like you ran part of the marathon shoeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I think that race, I bought some really, okay, bad thing. You should never do it. All marathoners know, all runners know, you don't buy new shoes the week before a marathon or any race or four days before. And that's what I did. I was like, oh, I need some new shoes. So I bought some shoes probably about four to five days before the race and then thought I was going to wear them that race. So about, I want to say maybe 14, 15 miles into the race, I just, they hurt. So I took them off and finished the rest barefoot. Oh, my God. All right. So 14, 15 miles into the race. So you ran virtually half of a marathon barefoot through the streets of Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't smart, but that's okay. But you you finished in a really good time, too. I, I think from tracking you on the app that day, I think your speed actually picked up. Once you it lost did. the shoes. Yeah, once I threw the shoes off, I was able to gain back. Yeah, my legs felt better. My my shins felt better. And I was able to finish strong. So what was your final time with that one? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that, was that my first race with you? I mean, first marathon, 238? Yeah, I, I think it was. I think your time was incredibly fast. Yeah, 238 was my time for that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really fast. That's really fast. So for anyone that's listening to the podcast, I believe that the average time for a marathon is somewhere around the four hour range, just over the four hour range. So for Aaron to do it in the 238 mark, that's not that far off of what Olympic runners are doing. That's pretty impressive. I appreciate that, man. I got a long way to go because these Olympian runners are just keep getting faster. And I'm like, yeah. Who's the fastest guy right now uh, in the U.S.? Is it is it still Galen? Is it Galen uh, Rupp is he no, still the fastest? No, no. Um, Chip Chogi uh, ran. Um, is it Chip Chogi? One of the one of the runners that just broke a two hour one, Ooh. two hour marathon. So that's crazy, man. That is crazy fast. Yeah, yeah. So um, you ran barefoot the second half of that race. Is that something you've done before in training? Not in training. Um, so when I first started running in college, I ran the shoes, whatever. And then I got out of college and that was done. I did pretty well. I got eighth in the nation um, for community colleges. And so I did really well with that. And then I stopped running. Well, after college, uh, I ran a race. And again, my shoes hurt my feet. So I took my shoes off halfway through this, not even halfway, quarter through this 5K. And everyone was like, what's happening? What, what did you just do? And I was like, oh, my shoes hurt my feet. Next thing I know, I did it in two, three other races, and it became a thing. And so my dad was like, Aaron, you should really wear some shoes or you're going to step on something. They're going to cut your feet off, and then you're never going to (laughs) run. And so I found some shoes. I started wearing shoes. But in that marathon, I just knew. I was like, okay, you know what? I ran barefoot before. I know I can handle it. So when my feet still hurt my feet, I kicked them off. Man. All right. So that's pretty impressive, man. I can't imagine there's too many marathoners out there that are running barefoot for marathons. So um, with that in mind, 
what's the weirdest thing that you've seen at a race? I think that might be it. Be Yourself running barefoot. People wear some really funny stuff. People overdress. I mean, and I get it. I don't really run with a lot of clothes on, but I've seen, um, People running dinosaur suits, people running Captain America costumes. I love um, it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably the weirdest thing I've seen is just like the costumes. All right. So especially I am for, for what? Especially for what? A marathon. Oh, for a marathon? Yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh that's probably more common in like the five Ks, right? That you would right, say. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Marathon, people are normally pretty serious about that because they're training forever for that stuff. Yep. And, and then you've got those stunt marathoners out there, too. Like, I, I know there's this guy that I see running in Fort Lauderdale all the time. His name is Dennis, and he has been a stunt marathoner for a long time. His thing is that he wears, uh, like, a full suit, and he runs with a um, serving tray and a cocktail shaker and a cocktail glass that's glued to the tray and he'll, he'll run the whole marathon like that it's it's amazing you'll see him running around fort lauderdale in a a, a, a suit jacket and yeah. a, a bow tie man it's crazy yeah yeah um so for me all right i'm not that big of a runner right there's no way i'm keeping up with you but uh you know i'm i'm trying to run my first half marathon right like i want to get up to philadelphia and do the Rocky run this upcoming year, if coronavirus right. lets it even happen. Yep. Uh, what kind of tips would you have for someone uh, who's trying to do a half marathon or a marathon uh, for training? These things, make sure you get the right shoes, right? Always make, people go out and buy shoes off of Amazon. They buy shoes, you know, they go to a sporting goods store and get some shoes, but they don't get fitted. Right, you gotta have the right shoes to fit your feet. Not everyone else's feet. You know, you can't just go buy a pair of Jordans and you know dunk. All right, running is different. You, you yeah. gotta have the right shoes so you don't injure yourself. Okay. All right. So I think that's the first tip I tell everyone: is make sure your shoes are fitted. And then next, start slow. Right, build up, build up, build up. And so many people try to, oh, I'm gonna do a, mar- a half marathon next week, and if you're going to do it for fun, have at it. I'm not going to tell you you might not injure yourself, but build up. If you're really serious about it, start slow, three miles, go to five, go to seven, go to 10. Next thing you know, you're feeling good about your mileage. So, Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good advice, man. And that's something that, uh, you know, I've been reading about as I've start to look at, you know, how, what do I need to do to make sure I'm actually running somewhat decent of a, a half marathon? Um, and then, you know, you mentioned injuries. You want to make sure you don't injure yourself. Are there some injuries that you've had over your career that uh, you've had to overcome and it has kept you off the, the track for a while? Well, funny enough, I had an upper hamstring injury the race that I came to see you. And uh, you remember, remember I was like, all night long. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. So you ran that. That's right. You ran that race with an upper hamstring injury and you still pulled a two hour and 30 something minute time. Yeah. 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 Cause remember I was rolling. I was trying to find like Ben, we were trying to find Ben Gay and all that stuff to like, yeah. <laughs> we were all over Philly just trying to make sure my race was perfect the next morning that night, man. 
yeah, it's amazing that you were able to do it in that time with, with everything that was going against you too. Um, okay. So what is one of your favorite marathons that you've ever run? Uh, oh man, you know what? Philly is it. Philly's my favorite marathon. Philly's your favorite. Okay. Yeah. I want to come back and do that again. And I've run, I did Honolulu. Honolulu was horrible. I'll tell you that story later. Would you, would you uh, say Honolulu was the worst one that you've, that you've run? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that's kind of interesting. Cause you would think, wow, Honolulu has got to be so pretty. Yeah. Nah. And it, it is pretty, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you the story real quick, but it starts early. All right. So let's say the race starts at five and the sun comes up at seven 30 and I run a two and a half hour marathon. Okay. Right? So you- I missed the whole thing. Like I saw nothing. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. So most of the people that are doing that are they're they're catching everything because the sun's coming up and they're seeing all the stuff. But you're finished and the sun is just getting up. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone used to say when I first started, I was like, "Oh, should I do New York or Honolulu?" And everyone's like, "Oh, do Honolulu because." It's beautiful and you can travel and see everything when you run. So I'm like, okay, cool. A scenery, a scenery run, right? Yeah. I saw nothing when I was running. It was pitch black, except Damn. for people in their orange vests and cones. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. So I, I you know, I gotta throw this out there too, because I believe that was the same weekend I was getting married, right? And that's why Absolutely. you couldn't make you couldn't make my wedding. Married. Because <laughs> you had to go run the Honolulu Marathon in the dark. <laughs> yep, yep. So of course, after oh, I finished, man. I was like, I could have been at your wedding and had oh, a lot man. more fun. Well, well, you were missed, bro. You definitely were missed. Oh, um, yeah. for, those, for those of you that, that don't know, Aaron and I have known each other for a long time. I went to high school with Aaron. Uh, I remember Aaron being on the cross country team in high school, and he was always one of the fastest guys it seemed to me and he was just telling me beforehand when we were talking that he actually wasn't fast when he first started in fact he didn't start until later on in his life uh and his freshman and sophomore year he said he was he was terrible and it wasn't until his junior year that he really picked it up all of a sudden he got fast so so what happened how did you all of a sudden become a a lot faster yeah that's, that's a good question i asked myself that because if you ask my parents, my freshman year, I ran. I literally was there for social reasons. We got lapped. I was talking to people. My dad would scream, Aaron, this is a race. You know, move. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, all right, waving at my mom and dad in the stands, you know, hanging out. And then um, my junior year, I met my friend, this friend, a guy named Marcus Hershberger, and him and I were running, and we just kind of clicked. We kind of ran and talked at the same time. But we still weren't the fastest because they're, you know, they were the junior, uh, juniors and seniors. So sophomore year, meet Marcus, and then we just kind of ran together. So I believe he helped me a lot as far as I was chasing him just to talk. So, I was like, <laughs> so you started, let me get this straight. You started for a social thing. So I, I'm picturing you running on the track and you're running next to some girl on the opposing team and you're like, hey, absolutely. how's everything going with you today? What, what's up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what was going on? And you know me. Oh, man. You know me when there's a girl nearby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Aaron, Aaron is one of the most gifted talkers I've ever met when we were younger. 
and he would see a girl just just to go, you know, say hi or go talk to her, try to get her number. He, he, he was amazing. And nothing ever phased him. You know, whenever he got shot down, he didn't care. He was like, all right, let me just go talk to the next girl. Uh, that's so that's so yeah. amazing. I never knew that that <laughs> social aspect was one of the reasons why you started running. And then here, the here you are years later, nine marathons under your belt, all from, you know, and good hey, at I just it. wanted to be. Yeah. And good at it. And good at it. That's amazing, bro. Yeah. Wow. Um, but so, let, me, let, me, let me back cap on that real quick. When I started, the really the social reason was a big part of it, but I grew up with ADD, um, ADHD, ADD, and a lot of the other sports that I played, I struggled with that, right? I struggled at remembering plays. People would yell at me to pass the ball. I passed the wrong person. I just was not able to keep up. And so when I got on the track, it was like, oh, run in a circle and have at it. And so I was like, I was like, cool. I was like, everyone's friendly and I can run in a circle. All I gotta do is count my laps and I'm okay. All right, nice. So what was like, what's going through your head? You started running, you know, you had ADD and, and that helped you with that. Was that helped to kind of clear your head when you're running? Yeah, I don't know so much to clear my head. It just kind of was, I didn't have to think about other things. Right. I got one job and that's just to run until I get to that finish line. One foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't five people on the team trying to, you know, get me to pass the ball to the best player. And so when I was on the track, it was kind of like everyone's yelling positive things. Run faster. You almost got them. You know, come on. So it really motivated me more. I was like, oh, no one's being negative on this track. Right. And that positive encouragement really helped you out too. Uh, that's awesome. And I know that from you and your business that you started, Heights and Beyond, you do a lot of that kind of that positive encouragement too With uh, as you work with a lot of the kids in your community. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Heights and Beyond stemmed from exactly what I went through, right? not being yelled at for messing up and feeling down about yourself because the coach was mad and you could see it in his face. And I realized that's what a lot of these kids feel like, you know, when, when they can't figure something out and you see someone's face get um, angry or, you know, upset, then you shut down. These kids will shut down like, Hey, you know what? Put someone else in or, I'm not going to do better, right? If I'm on the football field and you're yelling at me because I missed a tackle, a lot of kids like me are not going to go back in there and do better. We're going to go in there and probably miss another tackle and shut down because we're now overthinking everything. So I realized with this company, Heights and Beyond, I was like, okay, you know what? I can teach these kids sports and hand-eye coordination. And if they drop the ball or if they don't do right, it's okay, right? It's not the end of the world. And so I figured out how to make them smile and make a game out of them when they do mess up. And that's really cool. Worked. That's really, really cool. And that's got to be something that's been so rewarding for you too, that you can kind of give back to the community and help out the youth uh, in, in your area. That's got to be awesome. Right. So now I'm coaching. I coach track and I, these kids at Heights and Beyond, I teach them how to run. I teach them how to run correctly. Um, and, you know, so I keep moving forward with the running and taking my personal experience of running and giving it to these kids who, you know, grew up or grew up like me. 
So what are, are some of the inspirations that you've had that have gotten you to the point where you are now? Um, I think, so as far as running and being African-American, when I, growing up in high school, everyone used to met, make fun of me because they were like, oh, black people don't do long distance. Black people are sprinters and jumpers and hurdlers, right? And so I was like, no, nah, I don't think that's how it works. But, and so I made sure that when I started getting good, that people recognize that. You know, people are like, oh man, Aaron's fast, Aaron's fast. And it no longer became, oh, what are you doing this white person sport for? It was, that's awesome. How, do, how can I run further? How can I run faster? And a lot of these, uh, a lot of these athletes who I went to high school with, who are black, they are now reaching out to me going, hey, Aaron, I'm doing my first 5K. Can you help oh, me man. out? That's awesome. It kind of went full circle. Yeah. All of a sudden they realize they're like, you know what? Aaron's doing this. I can do this too. You know, right. as, it seems like as people get older, and we're in our, our mid-30s now, but as people get older, they look for individual accomplishments that they can do, you know, especially if they got kids. It's harder to, to create time for those things. But in the long-term goals to have a 5K or to have a, a half marathon or a full marathon to work forward to, that's like something where everybody, even who's who grew up like doing the short distances, like what you're talking about, they kind of graduate to eventually where they're like, you know what, this long distance, that's a hell of a challenge. I want to try that. Right, right. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can't just grow out the street and race somebody in a sprint. You know, you have, but there's a 5K everywhere. There's Tough Mudders everywhere. There's, you know, 10K, everywhere. And so you said people can gradually build up to this and you get medals. Even if it's a participation quote, I'm using quotes, you can't see me, but a participation medal, it's yours, right? You did it. You trained for this 5K. You trained for this marathon. Uh huh. And so it's a goal that you set and you build through it. Okay, so I got I to gotta mention this too. So you talked about medals. My wife has a wall full of all these crazy medals. I've run one 5K that has a medal on there. And I touted it as like, yeah, this is the most important medal on this wall. And, and really, really, it's nothing compared to what she has, right? Because she's done a couple right. marathons. She's done half marathons. So she's got some nice ones up there. But I got the Miami Dolphins Cancer Challenge one up there. So I try to hold that up as like, oh, yeah, look at me. I got, I got my one up here. <laughs> They're important. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's got some really cool ones. You know, I, I got to say, if she ever hears this, then she'll she'll know that I finally admitted this, but she's got some ones that look really cool. Uh, She's got one that's like an 80s run that looks like a cassette tape. She's got some crazy ones. Do do you have any any like that that stand out to you that you're like, man, this is a really cool medal. I love this. Oh, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. My phone's tripping right now. No worries. Um, Yeah, I got one. Actually, my Miami Marathon is actually really cool. So that one has a little Miami sunset with a Palm Beach. And it spins. And so it goes from like day to night. So that one was actually really cool. Nice. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Philadelphia has actually the, the Liberty Bell. And I like so that. that one rings. That's pretty cool. Um, all right. So I know you were talking a little bit about some of the inspirations that you had. Do you want to uh, continue to expand upon some of those inspirations or some of the personal ones? Okay. So, yeah. So backing up, like I said, growing up, I wasn't a runner. Um, I was lazy. I don't even say I was lazy. I love to be outside outdoors. But when it came to doing any kind of sports, 
I was the last one. I was the last one up the field. I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to be here. Like sports was not really my thing, but it was because of social aspect. But um, my parents thought that I definitely wasn't going to be the most athletic person. And they for sure didn't think that running marathons was in my future at all. Yeah, because your brother Prince, I remember him being like a, a track star too. Absolutely. Right. My brother Prince is a track star. My oldest brother, Eric, he was a track star. My sister, she's a track star. So everyone in the family, my dad's a basketball player, everyone in the family had something but me. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Have, so, have any of them run nine marathons though? No. No. See, one. see there you go, man. You got nine marathons. I got nine marathons and I'm the only one. And any of my family, grandparents, uncles, cousins, nep, whatever, that do long distance. And so the inspiration really is, it's self-inspiration, right? It's the fact that the I'm challenge. doing everyone wrong. It's a challenge that people are like, wow, look at, I can't believe he's doing this. And then they're proud, right? They're proud to tell our cousins and our relatives, we go to family reunions, they're like, oh, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I got to admit, I've done that a few times too, where I've told my, well, yeah, my friend Aaron ran a marathon in two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've, I've, I've never even sniffed the marathon starting line, but I still will share that as if like I did it myself because yeah, I know Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I just stayed on my couch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so that's yeah, awesome. so definitely like self-inspiration, just kind of like bettering myself and knowing that that challenge has been against me for a long time. And here I am doing something that, I don't even know how I'm good at it, be honest with you. Uh, people say it's natural talent. I, I really do believe in it. It's always been there, but it came late. And now I'm running with it, literally <laughs> running with it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So, uh, Aaron, I got to say, you know, your story is a really impressive one. Your career uh, from not being a runner at all to being one that was not really an athlete to all of a sudden now you're turning in some really incredible times. Uh, and it, I mean, it sounds like, you know, maybe had you even gotten started a little bit younger and got it in, got in on this earlier, you could have maybe had a shot at making the Olympics even with a time like that. Like you, you could have had a shot maybe. Right. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, know. absolutely. If I would have stopped chasing girls so much in high school and focused on running. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So really funny, uh, Quick story, my coach from high school uh, hired me back to run, uh, coach for him. So I was like, okay, cool. But then as I was coaching with him, uh, I started, I watched my first Olympic marathon. All right. I've never watched Olympic marathon in my entire life. I watched my first one and I thought to myself, I could do that. And so I approached my coach and said, hey, I want to train for the Olympics. And he was like, what? I was like, the marathon. I want to train for a marathon. He was like, okay, well, have you ever run one? I was like, no. He was like, well, how about a half marathon? I go, no. He goes, well, how about 10 miles? I go, nope. He goes, Aaron, you know marathons a lot of running. I go, yeah, but I think I can do it. As so he was like, okay. So he started training me for the Philadelphia Marathon, which is the one I ran with you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so I, didn't, I never actually heard that story before. So how old were you when you first started training for a marathon? Well, it was like, that was mm, four months before I came to, to Philly. Okay, so I'm trying to remember how old was I at that point? I think I might have been 30 years old. So you started. Okay, man. So you started and you pulled a two hour and 30 minute time after you were 30 years old. Yes. Yep. 
Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So it, so it was crazy, but it makes me laugh every time because he was like, you ever run a marathon? Half? 10? <laughs> I was like, no, but I feel like, but that goes back to the inspiration. I feel like I can do it. You know, so I really believe in myself to do it. So that's my story of how my first marathon went and staying on your couch in a club. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I, I think that uh, anybody that's a runner or an aspiring runner out there will really appreciate your story and your message. Uh, so thank you so much for being part of the heart of the game today. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. I hope to come back again. All right, thanks, Aaron. If you're enjoying Heart of the Game, check us out on Instagram at Heart of the Game Podcast and hit that subscribe button. Thank you for listening.